Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, brought to you by LL Bavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with a man whose ducks are always in a row. I was laughing I because- knew, I, As yeah. you started laughing, I knew that's what you were going to do. You knew what happened, right? That is Liberty Baller's own and a, a, a featured profile on TheRinger.com. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hey, buddy. How are you? You, you? you psyched? I'm feeling all right. It's a little later in the day. Yeah. We usually do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're both, this is the rare we're both awake podcast. Yeah. The, it was funny. Maybe the first, maybe the first one. Yes. Amos mentioned to me on the, the uh, emergency, Ricky, he goes, he goes, you know what I realized listening to that one? I was like, what? He was like- uh, he goes, Mike was wide awake and killing it, and you were not. And he goes, and then I realized, oh, wow, you always do it early in the morning, and that's not fair. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that's how we do it. That's just how we are. So It used to be earlier. It used to be like 6 a.m. my time, back when I lived with fucking Sharp. Yeah, yeah, really, really early. Anyway, uh, the podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And there is a Right Stricky Sanchez listener working on getting us on Spotify. Spotify... These other things, all you have to do is apply and they say yes. Spotify is picky and choosy, but there is a Ricky listener who is working on getting us on Spotify, which would be awesome. We are marching. Spotify, Spotify are uh, huge John Smallwood fans. That's why they're they don't want us there. I'm not a fa- I'm not sure if I get. Oh, because we are we going are we already getting into retweet Armageddon? Is that why? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Head, head in that direction. All right. The uh, the we are. We have had a huge jump in the last couple of weeks on iTunes ratings. Now we are marching toward 1,000 five-star Jesus. iTunes ratings. When we Jesus get Christ. when we get to a thousand of them, I will read all of the reviews on one podcast. We are up to 767, which is pretty crazy. I, I know you don't like thinking about it, but it's pretty. All right, so here is today's featured uh, review. This is from the uh, subject line is JoJo participated in retweet Armageddon five stars. Thank you for creating a podcast my wife and I can both listen to on different wavelengths. While after three months of avid listening together, she still cannot name a sixer, but knows all about Spike's dog, the, quote, guy who seems like he's constantly bored and looks forward <laughs> <laughs> and looks forward to hearing, <laughs> right? And looks forward to hearing this review on the 1,000 five-star iTunes review podcast. The works on it. Uh, this works on another level as I enjoy the scorching Sixers hot takes with a pinch of alt news viewpoints, hoping we can hear some more about Okafor's potential and let management know we do not want him gone. TTP. So here we go. So what we're going to do today. Wait, hold on. I just want to move bored. this thing here. Yeah, always sounds bored. Tired or bored. You decide what he what he really sounds like. So what we'll do today is we will discuss, of course, retweet Armageddon, which I think was more successful than you or I could have ever dreamed. Um, I wanted to talk at least briefly about the John Gonzalez piece on the ringer about the process, but really more, you know, scan, see our names, read the quotes. Uh, that's what we did. I'm sure the rest of the piece is quite good, but, and then (laughs) our, our final thoughts really about the fact that tomorrow night, now here's the plan, by the way, we're going to do this podcast today. And then tomorrow night after the draft, we are going to do a podcast. So you will have two in two days. It's been a lot of Rickies this week. It'll be four in seven yeah. days, which is crazy. So we'll talk about. I, f- I think. I think I just want to do. I want to talk to you every two days and just yell. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. I can. I'm sure my wife will be thrilled. We, we go. We go more podcasts for the off season. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's. It's really been our. You know, our heyday is the off season. It's going to be a weird thing when that changes. And then. Yeah. And then I did. You know. Of course, we have four second-round draft picks, we being the Sixers. 
and I did some second round. They let us. Did you tell them? Did you tell people that they let us? They're letting us pick one. Yeah, they they've gone all in on on the podcast. You know, this pick will be selected by the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Yeah, the. Of course, I grabbed the microphone. JP Tokido. Yeah. The uh of course, you know, their first their first nod toward us was the making sure the lottery party happens in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, and they're just going all in and not only letting us announce the picks, but letting us actually pick the picks. So that'll be happening. So So wait, we haven't said that yet. So the I don't know if this wasn't this wasn't news the last time we did the podcast, but even if the Kings pick even if the Lakers pick stays with the Sixers and the Kings pick goes to Boston, that Kings pick is still top one protected. Yes. So we'll, so, so we have the lottery if, party. If, so we would. Ha- so we were gonna have the lottery party, and so if if the Kings do land at the top spot, then Boston gets wherever our shitty pick lands because we're fucking championship thirty. So Boston will get the thirtieth pick, right? Yeah. 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 Which is you have you have now the only thing with that pick is that and by the way we'll talk about the second rounders I did some YouTube big boarding for the second rounds I don't have a big board but I do have opinions on many of the guys that you sent me <laughs> I don't have a big board but I do have opinions yeah that's, yeah well I only do right. my top ten big board I I can't do a second round big board you know I hate so, it. but I I do have opinions on those guys but so let me ask you this so for us it seems like having number one protection on those bo- on the having number one protection on the Sacramento Kings pick is good does it hamper us in any way in making trades I know Ben Dietrich I give him credit in that Dietrich is processed to the core but I would argue that I'm not sure Dietrich is as big a an actual sixers fan so he can stay more it's a lot less it's a lot easier for for Dietrich to not get wrapped up in the excitement of trading for the number one pick and just stay focused on on hating everything that uh, that Brian Colangelo does. But he did. Is he mention- still down on? Is he still down on it? Yes. Well, he was. He he said something. He's, less, he's at least less down on it. Than he's he was, he's less down on it, but he didn't like the fact that it it sort of hampers our ability to do anything with those picks, like to do anything with the Kings pick, because it's now tied up in this trade even if we get it why don't we just we can sit tight and make it if we if that lakers pick conveys right right or we can trade it if the lakers pick conveys then we can trade it then we can trade it if we want to trade it right so i don't know all right so let's talk about so uh so what do you want to start with do you want to start uh, here's here's what i think we should do i think we should start with faults and the trade and just sort of now that we've let it sink in those thoughts then we should go to retweet armageddon then we should go to second round stuff what do you think okay does yeah. that work for you? All right. Works. So the the trade in general. So the final details came out, and it had that. I think, you know, by and large, have you ever seen a trade? Now, there were a lot of people panning it before they knew the, like, the real, you know, the, the real. details of it. The details Which of it. Which is good. Right. It's good, it's good internet. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's what we all do, you know? So... But even and and then afterwards, there were still some people panning it because this is. I often talk about the Philadelphia thing, and this is in many cities about the backup quarterback being the most popular person there <laughs> yeah. is. But AJ in a, Feeling, we still got it right in the draft. Everybody's the backup quarterback, so yeah. so the guy that that you're getting is never as good as the guy that is the other guy. So mm-hmm. there was a little bit of brushback and like faults, but I wanted Josh Jackson. You know, there was a lot of that. But now that it's settled down for a couple of days. And this is what I was getting to. This is the first time in a really long time that I I think a trade, at least in Philadelphia, was so universally given the thumbs up. I, there's there's very few people left, and even people on the the hater side or whatever. The Angelo like said to me after the show on Tuesday. He said, he goes he goes as far as I can tell. There's no way to not like this trade, and I said, "Yeah, I, I it feels like everybody's in," and I don't remember another trade like that. Um, even the pick swap trade, people got irrationally mad at, even though we yeah. traded exactly nothing of value. Nothing. We traded nothing, nothing for the for the two pick swaps and the first let's round. Let's just pick. for for one second, let's give it up to big big time friends of the pod, Luka Mitrovic and Arturis Gaditis. Yeah. They are on the shirt. They are as big a part of Sixers lore as Ricky Sanchez and Chuchu Madhu and all the other guys that the Sixers once had the rights to. Uh, 
I just wanted to say that, you know, we appreciate you and you were not forgotten. You're forever Sixers. That's right. Forever Sixers. Uh, but no, I mean, like, this is, this is, this was the whole point of the thing. You can argue about how much you like Markel Fultz or not, whether or not you think is, is, you know, if he's athletic enough to really get everywhere he wants on the court. Um, I personally think he is, and I think his his handling and his shiftiness is fantastic, and it's just going to play at every level. Um, but you can't really argue with like, hey, we have a bunch of future picks. We're going to trade one of them and move up and get like the number one pick, get our fucking guy. And it's a perfect fit between now our three superstars. And so you can quibble with how good you think Fultz is going to be, but everything else is just like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's exactly what. And if if same same thing with Boston. If Boston is like, hey, we don't want to draft a point guard, and we think that Jason Tatum is as good, at least in our system, as Fultz could be, so we're gonna trade down and get another thing. I I see that also. So it's just like sometimes trades make sense, which is crazy, but this makes sense. I think the Sixers benefit. I think the Celtics, you know. They're on a different path, but they're benefiting in their own way also. Are, are you? I'm, I'm really intrigued by what, what the hell path that they're on. Because they're almost, and this sounds really funny coming from us, but it's almost like they have too many draft picks. for. They have a full, stat, a full roster of players. And, you know, at the very least, you could argue that they have a sustainable next decade if they want to be you know, good, you know, they, yeah. they have so many picks. They could just make, make the picks, make some trades here and there and just continue and sustain and, and wait for the moment, you know, where they're, where, where the, the league just sort of ebbs and flows in a way. And we're like, Oh wow, they're the best team this year. Sort of the way Dallas won a championship or, but I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really interested to see whether this is a, all of a sudden, we're going to wake up one day, and they've traded for they've signed Gordon Hayward, but they've also traded for Jimmy Butler and traded for Anthony Davis. And all of a sudden, uh, Danny Ainge is going to look like a, a a total genius. Or if this is just he doesn't there's no there's no move to make, so he's just continuing to to asset build and waiting for the time. I'm really curious to see how that how that winds up. I guess I think it's probably somewhere in the middle as of right now. Um, I think they'll probably they'll probably cash in their chips at some point, and this one was simply why not get another chip if we think that those guys are of sim of comparable value, and we don't have to, you know, we don't have we don't have to make a statement about our starting point guard and what's going to happen with Isaiah or Avery Bradley or whatever it is. So, well, and I mean, I I see it. It's pretty clear. You don't even have to say it. They they didn't think. Not that they didn't think Markel Fultz was good, but they, it's pretty clear they didn't think he was better than whoever they were going to get at three or even yeah, and by I, very and much. And I wouldn't discount like some agenting in there. Um, I think it's a Ooh. combination of a bunch of stuff. And if like Fultz's agent Agenting. didn't want him to go to Boston, then there's definitely some like nudging that could go along there also. Agenting. I like that. Yeah. You know what we haven't yeah. used for a few weeks and I really liked it when we used it? Takesman. That we're, yeah. that we're Takesman. I like that. I like Takesman. The two things <laughs> that I don't want to see go away are Takesman and when people compliment us for having really good takes, I like that. Yeah, take, that too. Yeah, you're a fan of that. I liked. I nice, like nice takes today. That, yeah. That, oh that wow, good. really enjoyed the takes. Yeah. So, uh, and I've I've watched even more faults since that yeah. happened. By the way, yeah, I I don't like to criticize me. I even through and this is funny given given the circumstances, and especially if you're listening to this podcast after learning about it after retweet Armageddon, you're the guy that goes after the 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 media people more than I am. I think the only guy I ever went after really hard was the critic of hoops. I think I went after him pretty hard. But Bob Brookover, um oh. I mean I've never seen such a if if you if you haven't read this, he opened up his columns. Don't don't, don't read it. Don't, don't read it. Don't read it. I'll I'll explain to you what he did. He the premise of, of the article was that the Sixers shouldn't have made the trade. But the first graph in the article, the lead was I've never watched Markel Fultz play basketball. And the rest of the article was they shouldn't have traded so much for him. Now, if you want to write an article saying, you know, sort of my joke about the big board is, if you want to write an article saying 
hey, I don't really know. None of us know. None of us have seen enough. We're really just going on the words of people. That's one article you could write. Or you could write a bunch of YouTube, watch a bunch of YouTube videos and make pretend that's not all that you did and make your case that they shouldn't have given up too much for Markel Fultz. There's enough to read to present that. But it is so brazen and arrogant to open up with, I didn't watch it, but it was, I didn't watch, I've never watched him, but it, it's, it's wrong. I've, I, that, it might've been the worst. It might've taken us, just like it took us four years for the, for the process to like materialize into one singular moment. I think it may have taken the same four years for the bad takes to materialize into the one singular worst take possible. And I think that well, might have been the worst one. It's just a level of job security in a dwindling market that is, is stunning, really. It's saying, hey, I, you can't fire me, and I also have no idea what I'm doing and don't deserve any of this as people continue to lose their jobs, as good reporters continue to lose their jobs. But I'm going to type this, this takesman crap. And put it on the paper, and people are going to read it. Yeah, and comment it's, on it, 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 and so on and so forth. It's totally, totally insane, uh, and that's why, like a lot of a lot of news and columnists are not don't have jobs. That's why they're bad, and people don't need it. That's why people, people are paying to this podcast instead. And yes, it's free, and it's free, and that's why people are paying for Godner. And wait a yes. minute, we're free. What the? That's right. God. Uh, anyway, so more. So you, so you watch more faults. What do you think about him? I think so. One of the things I was trying to get over was his. You know how I am with the YouTube, right? And I love. <laughs> I know how you are with the YouTube, right? Buddy. So I love guys that are. It's scary how much Sharp and I agree on things, but I, yep. I, I love guys that are um, that jump out at you physically. Mm -hmm. And not just physically, because you know I don't like guys that can't shoot and I don't like guys that can't dribble. So when I'm looking at guards, that's why I like Dennis Smith so much, because it, I watch him, and not only is he explosive, but his handle is pretty is pretty tight. He's got a nice little handle. Uh, he can sh like Everything is there for me to see. And the thing yeah. that I was trying to get over with Fultz is that, and I'll, I'll tell you where I get to. Well, I, I promise I won't go too long, but the thing I couldn't get over with Fultz is, is that he is not particularly explosive, and just visually, he's not like, oh my god, that guy's explosive, and and also his handle is not one that is like, bang bang bang. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a um, he's not crossing people over real quick. It's not a, a super tight handle. But the more that I watch him, the more that I realize he has that crafty thing to his game, mm -hmm. and he does a good job of getting by people without you know crazy athleticism or or uh or a, or an un, an unreal handle and what i like about that is that it shows a basketball it shows he knows how to play basketball it shows a basketball sensibility that mm -hmm. certain guys have almost like tony parker has like harden has like these guys that just sort of are able to get anywhere on the court without you realizing it. And it's funny, you watch Steph Curry, and I'm not, I'm not saying their handles are the same, but if you just watch a Steph Curry, if you just watch a couple minutes, his handle doesn't look like Iverson's or, or Hardaway's. It's not super quick, but it's awesome. Like it is, he can get by whoever he wants. He's very, he's like crafty. And I think the thing that I learned to appreciate about Fultz is he seems like he's a really good basketball player. Above and beyond the skills, it seems like he has a good basketball sense about him. And it made me, it made me excited because he's going to be, he, as a secondary creator to Simmons, but also as a guy who, if he understands basketball, is gonna is not going to be is going to find things to do on the court when he is not creating. And I got more excited the more that I watch. It just seems like he's a good basketball player already. And a lot of these guys at 19 aren't. Even the the, the top draft picks are not super great basketball players. Yeah, he's not bang, bang, bang. Uh, that's really the only thing I paid attention to when he said uh, that. Sorry. Do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I mean like, like bop, no, bop, No, I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really tight handle. And there's a, there's a, you know, you talked about Harden and Parker and, and even Steph, it's like it's a it's a hesitation, it's a change of pace, it's a shiftiness yep. that you they have you off balance. Um, he just glides, uh, faults. He just gets he's. I feel like I've said this in the past, but like he's got a little Bobby Abreu to him in that like it doesn't look like he's 
running his hardest or like working working his ass off, but like he's just moving wherever he wants to, and it's like having success. Um, I I I mean, he's so silky inside. He's got incredible body control and agility. He's gonna get stronger. He's so long. He's not unathletic by any means. No, he's no, just no. Not, not an elite athlete. He's right. just a good a good NBA athlete. Um, uh, I'm really excited to see him play for the Sixers. Oh, this is news. Uh, I am going to summer league. I booked, I booked my, uh, when are you going? going? Are you, are you first, first first, first weekend, which is what July, like eighth, ninth deal. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm working on it. I will. Orlando's first and then Salt Lake, but I will see at least the first like crowd, Markel Fultz crowd game. I will. I'll be there for it. Is it crazy yeah. that I'd want to – I, I sort of – when I was looking at summer leagues, and there is a chance I'm going, I told you, I think around 25 or 30%, and I'll try to make it that weekend if because we should definitely do a Ricky at summer league with oh. – uh, and I know we could get interviews and stuff. That would be cool. Um, uh, I sort of – I was looking at Utah, and I was like – I went. I w- I've been to Utah. I was never been to Salt Lake. I was in Cedar City once, and Utah is a, a pretty state. And I was like, maybe I should go to Utah. It's like no one goes yeah. to fucking Utah. But I don't even I think – I'd love to go to Utah. The, the uh, what was it? The the review, Salt Lake Review. Isn't that what it's called? Uh, I don't know. It used to be called what's that? Like that. Um, I love it. I can't wait. What's the, what's the, the Salt Lake Review? What is that? It used to, well, that's that's Utah Summer League. It used, oh, it used it's to be called, called the Salt review. Lake Review. Okay, okay. Wasn't it? I don't. Am I making that up? Yeah, I've never heard of that. But I mean, it's possible. And they don't have stands at Utah, right? Or is it? Or is it Orlando that's where Orlando. there's no that's stands? That's Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Well, it, um, it looks like flights are, are particularly expensive that morning from Philadelphia. Holy shit, man. Uh, I might not be going to Summer League. <laughs> okay, all right. It's $1,100. Uh, the cheapest flight is $1,100. Everybody the, wants to go to Summer League. Mark what the Fultz. fuck, man? Well, let's see. All right, anyway. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm pretty excited about it. And, and let's throw this out there as well. And I, anyone who was paying attention to... And I don't doubt that sometimes... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Stephen A. Smith has sources. The Sixers are not taking anybody but Markel Fultz with the first pick. They're yeah, not yeah. taking Josh Jackson. They're they're not taking anyone but Markel Fultz. That's who they're taking. There's there's 1% negadelphia in me that's like waiting for them to fuck this up. There's um, no way. I know, but just like you never know. What if they like miss their time? Like somebody else steps in. If they wait too long, somebody slips and falls. Anything. We're handing the pick to Adam Silver. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm just like I I'm not I'm 99.8% all the way on Markel Fultz with a 0.2% self-preservation in case the Sixers Sixers this. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't. Just know. A little, I just need I will celebrate when it happens. It's like um, it's like when uh, it's like when we got the number one pick in in the Ben in the Ben Simmons lottery, um, and. Who was it? it? Would have been the Lakers went too, and people started going nuts. I was like, let's just let me just see the Sixers logo first. Yeah, I just need to see it, just in case there was something you don't know. It could have been like an Oscars thing, you know? Yeah, could it's have been like, an Oscars thing. You know, you know, the Lakers get the second pick, and the first pick goes to that fucking weirdo also, musical also movie. Yeah, no, it goes to uh, um, what's the that annoying movie that I haven't seen with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let you struggle. The Sing movie. What is it? It's the Sing movie. That's it. I, I keep calling it. In my head, I'm calling it L.A. Looks, but I know that's the hair that's gel. It. L.A. Looks, number one movie in, in the showbiz. You got it, pal. <laughs> um, L.A. Looks. But, yeah, I, I'm, it's going to feel really good tomorrow. I also yeah. want to say, we talked when we talked to Derek, he confirmed, and it seems like this is the case, that the Sixers are on the clock and it'll be the Sixers selecting faults, and yes. I'm just very happy about that. Yeah. I don't want there to be, I don't want him to put a Celtics hat on. I don't want him to no. touch a Celtics no. logo. Get out of there. He is ours. I do I, like the I'm fact really that Celtics just, fans like, put it on and shake the hand. That's gonna be good. He doesn't have to pretend like he's going to the Celtics. I do like the fake the fact that Celtics fans are like seem like they're furious. They, they they were not happy with this trade. They were really unhappy with this trade. And I love that. That made me feel really good. And they I don't know if you heard Simmons, who is dodging us pretty pretty obviously at this point. You know, we we, we thought we would be um, you know, kind and put out the uh 
the olive branch and say, yes, you can come on and come on our huge podcast to promote your, your little indie website and podcast. And he's clearly dodging us because of the trade. But I listened to his pod and he was definitely talking himself into it. Like at the beginning, yeah. you could tell he was unhappy with it. And by the end, he was like, Jason, t you know, the third pick in the draft or the eighth pick in the draft, they could be the best player. As if that's not always the case. I don't, the case. Him of that. Because yeah. we would do the same thing. Yes, absolutely. Every, we, all, we talk ourselves into everything. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what you do. That's what that's that. But our job also is to point out when he's doing that. You know. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, so we're all excited about Markov faults. It's good. It's great. And do you? So, do you want to talk about retweet arm again here, or what's going on yeah. with the rest of Let's the? Retweet okay, retweet arm. Let's Armageddon. go to retweet arm. Yeah. Okay. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't. Uh, it. I. I sort of. I mean, we it was a good couple hours, and then and then we ran out of steam. I'm, I just got tired of searching for things. Um, but we got in there, and what I liked most about it was, I was talking to John Gonzalez about this, but like I I've never talked to the guy who's crossing broad. I've never I don't have a relationship with him. Kyle, I just I don't know. Yeah, Kyle I don't I don't yeah. know. We never talked, but like he's involved in it, and like yeah. the 700 level, and everybody. It it became just like a like a full Sixers Twitter thing that like exploded. And it didn't. It wasn't like, it wasn't just like, like me, you, and Seamus. No, no, it was everybody. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, seeing him involved, seeing Kyle involved, I was like, because I, I think we, he and I know each other and we're fine, get along. But it, I always seem like, it always seems like, and I know one of the guys. I think um, one of the guys on his podcast actually listens. Uh, Joy, is it Joy on Broad? Is that what his Twitter is? Uh, I, I forget, but he, uh, no, I don't think that's the one. Anyway, uh, seeing everyone participate, like Rachel Nichols used the RT Armageddon hashtag. It, it was everybody. It was, yeah. it was a, an all out assault now. But it wasn't, I wasn't talking about like, Hey, it got a lot of publicity and like yes. people, you know, ESPN. I'm talking about like Sixers Twitter, like participated. Right. And it yes. was like, we are, we're in this together. Yes. We've all had to endure. The ho the horrible takes, yep. the misinformed takes, the impatient takes, and uh, and now this is just a cathartic release of fuck yous. Now that we're in the best situation in the league, that's not the Warriors. Yeah, and it was, and I mean, we've been talking about it for what at least two years, right? Maybe two and yeah. a half years. And I, I will. This is we don't remember a lot of how things started, but you definitely coined this this term and this name. So this is yeah. this is you. Yeah, this one was mine. I mean, this one was. I, I just actually remember the actual specific conversation I had with my father and Tony Bruno, and we were sitting at dinner with a friend of mine at Valley Forge Casino, and they were making fun of me for the hinky stuff, and I got so mad, and I looked at them, and I said, one day, you guys are going to be proven wrong, and you're going to look so fucking stupid, and I said, we are going to go back, and we, like, I was saying this totally seriously. And yeah, I was the, light, like, the lights went down, there's yeah. like a candle below your chin. And it, I was like, we are going to find all your fucking old tweets and we are going to retweet them and it's going to be like Armageddon. It's going to be retweet Armageddon. Russell Joy. Russell Joy is the guy who listens. Um, and they looked at me like I was insane. And the fact that it happened, you know, there was some debate. I'm glad we had the Congress. There was debate along the way about when it should happen. But the scope of it, the giantness of it was you could not look at Twitter. It was the only thing on Twitter for three hours. It was the only thing on Twitter. We were the number four trending thing in the United States. <laughs> we were top five for a couple of hours. It just, it wouldn't stop. We, somebody passed along info to us that as of 7.30 that night, I think there were 32,000 times that the hashtag was used. And that, I don't think that even counts actual retweets. You know, it just counts when the hashtag was used. It was unbelievable. It was a statement. I thought it was hilarious that it was happening as the press conference was going on. Um, yeah, I missed a lot of those quotes because I was just like, ah, I can't follow along. Yeah, I got it. Too busy digging through Marcus Hayes' old takes. Old tweets, yep. And there were a lot of, uh, another thing that I liked, there were a lot of deleted tweets by the end of the day. You know, people that, that use the hashtag and quote tweeted it and it just said, this thing is not available anymore. So yep, people were yep. going back and deleting their tweets. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I was really proud of everyone for coming together. Yeah. And you know, we were both victims of it. You know, there was somebody that found oh, me. Of course. 
there was somebody found, and it wasn't even I th- I was laughing somebody found me celebrating when they picked Evan Turner and uh, I was laughing I was like this isn't even really the point but okay I'm I'm glad that I'm involved too so uh we were all we were all the takes were exposed now how do you feel about uh, I was about to ask you the pushback well no a couple of things oh and a couple of things I I just I thought Jason Concepcion's tweet about it was the very best tweet about it. He was like, did you see it? It was yeah. it was something like, uh, I'm loving what I'm watching on Retweet Armageddon. I don't take back anything I said. Philly, feel thyself. And he was just like, it was great. And then he mentioned it in the article the next day. And I, That's he, how it should be. Yeah. If, like, look, you tweeted it. You yeah. guys tweeted stuff. If, they, feel thyself. They were, they were wrong. Yeah. The tweets were wrong. And we're bringing them up now to to rub it in your face. John Gonzalez said it was it was a, the largest hoisting of anyone's petard that has happened. Yeah, it in was the Twitter era. And like you said, it was remarkably petty. It was impressively yeah. petty. It was the pettiest thing ever on the internet. And here's another thing I want to point out: we're all fucking wrong all the time. Yeah. Everybody's wrong. Our our problem with all of this was never about wrong. It was never about I disagree with this. It was that you talked to us like we were a bunch of fucking idiots. It's that like we got talked down to by so many people that we just didn't know, like we were just like we were children. Like we were talked down to like we were an eight year old that just doesn't know how the world works. And oh, uh, you, you don't know. This is just this is not how it's done. Or you don't know what's really going on in the organization. Or this is not this is never going to work. OK, like just the way that Dick Girardi talked about it that way a lot of times. Brian Getzeiler, Getzeiler talked about it that way a lot of times. And I, it was not about being wrong because we're all fucking wrong. It was about you were a dickhead and you were wrong. And now well, we're going to make you pay. It's, it's also because there's so many fucking layers that go into it. We've we've debated this. We've, we, we've debated the many straw men on the other side because obviously you and I agree on this podcast many times. But it, it was also the like like – they are projecting their feelings onto us about like this. How could the fans imagine the what the fans must think? And it's like, no, we're good. Yeah, we're fucking we're fans. Here, we're here fans. We yes, I buy tickets, asshole. I buy I buy a whole year's worth of tickets. I you know so that was what bothered me, and that was why. And, 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 just, and it's just wrong. They were always wrong. It is about wrong. wrong. For me, it's about wrong. They what? were always wrong, and they were acting in their in, in their like one using one percent of their brains they were acting like they were right and everything and they and we are so like lost and forlorn and it's like no just look at the big picture for half a second think a little bit outside the box so here and the the idea of just a wasted year oh how many years did it take how much how much time did you guys waste on it it's like look at the fucking pistons look at the hornets look at everybody there's two teams in the league that can win a championship right now. Why don't you go all the way in on maxing out your chances for that? And by the way, one of one of them has to get lucky. <laughs> you know, it's the Warriors and the the Cavs, and the Cavs have to get sort of lucky for it to happen. I mean, that's, um, yeah, I uh, I I thought it was. So here are the two things I want to ask you about. The fir- we, we were just, I mean, I just I've t- I've had a bunch of conversations with like reporters or whoever over the last couple of days. I know you have too. Yeah. And I can't remember what I've said on the podcast or what I've said in on the phone. But I'm just like, we were, we were all, we were always right. We were always right. They were always wrong. We were always right. And it feels fantastic. And no matter what happens, it's always going to be this way. It's just ah, fuck them. Fuck the idiots. God, it feels great. So and it feels great. It feels great. I'm I'm so mad. It feels great. You but this. It's like uh, this is 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 this sort of like. Hate sex for you is <laughs> yes, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right, okay. So here are the two questions I have. First, and and we we'll go in order. The first one is the blowback of the you guys didn't win anything yet. You know now you're puffing out your chest. You know when what's his name was uh, Ryan Rossillo and and Scott Van Pelt were talking about it. And I didn't even, uh, I didn't even watch it. I'm not yeah, gonna, I'm not gonna watch that watch shit. It. Come on. And. And then you know what? I was looking at them. They look like rejected Superman villains. Those two guys at the same time. You should watch it. I like. I, I do like Scott Van Pelt. Ah, fuck him. And then the <laughs> the uh, not really. I don't even know. I'm sure he's a great guy. And then the second thing is the I think, and I have a feeling we may disagree on this. 
But I think after retweet Armageddon, I I say from from that point, now you can certainly dirty it, but from that point the slate is clean. And if you, I I I am not somebody who says if you weren't with us then you can't be with us now. Blah 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 blah. I say from that point on it's new. But but with the reminder that look look at how petty we are, and look at how many people keep your tweets. And just remember, if you do that again, we're not afraid. We're not afraid to act. So 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 I think those are two different things. Yeah. Right. I think. I don't think the slate is clean. The slate is never clean. Okay. The slate is very dirty. The okay. slate is full. The slate is clean we, for me. Okay. We can't go back. We we can't. We can always go back and and find and find the shit. Well, we don't forget. Right. Okay. Okay. But that being said, in terms of Sixers fans, yeah, um, who were like, "Oh, this sucks. I want to watch my team win." Absolutely, come on back. You're good. Come on in. Admit. Admit. That you didn't like it at the time, and that now you're going to benefit from it. But absolutely, there's no like if you if there was a there's no like if you don't if you don't remember who James Nunnally is, you can't uh, you can't come in. That's not that's not how it works. But you, you can absolutely. But you can absolutely yeah. come back in. Right. Uh, look up look up some James Nunnally memories. Yeah, uh, you know, just do your homework. Fake it. But uh, but come on in. I think. So, so then the the other thing is the um, you haven't won anything. Those are the people that don't get it in the first place, who still don't get it, right? The people who say you're celebrating after, because my position was always if we did this too late, it would be too late to celebrate yeah. being right, you know? Because there's in, too in, much. In Gonz's article that he talks about, you know, I think we created this now, the ship of Theseus. I think that's something we started. Do you know? You do you know Gladwell mentions it in his in the first episode of season two of Revisionist History? He talks about Ship of Theseus, and I just want everyone to know, even though Sean Carroll was the one that wrote it, in wrote about it in his book, we brought it up in our podcast in in September, Ship of Theseus. So yes, <laughs> I just I want everyone to know that we brought up Ship uh, of Theseus. But yeah, I think I think that was a concern about how long how long we can go away from Hinky. Yeah, and I feel like this is like the perfect amount. It really feels like this is the right. This was the right Cause time. It, yeah, because last draft was also Hinky. He got the number one pick, and so Colangelo just took the obvious guy. And then this this was using using the assets we we uh, dutifully accrued. Um, we got the we got the guy. I, I mean, w- yeah, I, w- I want to say right. I want to say the, thank the, you to retweet retweet Armageddon. I forget who whose idea who retweet. The Reach Armageddon in Congress. I forget whose idea it was. Uh, I think it was a archive. listener idea. I think it was definitely yeah, yeah, a definitely. listener it idea. Was. Yeah. Uh, that was a great idea. It was very successful. There was some chippiness involved. Yeah, mostly in from the, me. In the threads from between you. Weber loves it. He yeah. texts me about it. Um, but uh, but Weber, I, think, I Weber think we got the so, right thing. Weber is we so right fucking high and mighty about everything on this. And I... The last thing, thank you to everybody that was on the retweet Armageddon Congress. That was awesome. It was so fucking weird. It was so weird. But I, I love everyone who was on it. Here's can I, all right. Can I just revisit this one more time? Weber. <laughs> I I just think Weber's a hypocrite. So Weber, Mike Weber is on the retweet Armageddon Congress. He is well known as the Spike Lee of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I visually watched him taunt Sixers owners at the home opener <laughs> wearing a Sam Hinkie t-shirt for, I mean, he is hardcore. He, the, so I, I had put a couple of, um, met a couple of bills up in the retweet Armageddon Congress. The first one was if Joel Embiid wins, uh, or is, is voted an all-star. And the second one was if Joel Embiid and Dario Saric finish one and two in rookie of the year voting, and they both got voted down. And one of the things Weber said was when he was being all high and mighty is it has to be something of real significance. You know, that's what everyone was saying. You know, we have to actually do something, win something. It's like, we'll all know, we'll, we'll, you know, it'll be playoffs or this or that. Meanwhile, before we even knew the stakes of a trade, we trade up from three to one and Weber's like, this is it. This is the time. And I just, I think I was right all along. I just, I think I was right that we needed to do it early, and I just want some credit for that. No, I, I agree. I'm more on his side. Uh, I think we, I think, it, I, think there's a, I think there's a will all know segment of it, and the fact that this was a, a ten to nothing vote. Wow. Uh, proves that this was this was the time. Yeah. 
fine. How stupid would it have been if like we held back and then this happened? We'd be like, oh, again, this is right. It all worked out. Well, what's funny right. is is we won't even know the re- like this would have happened before the rookie of the year thing. Yeah, that's true. So nothing I would have passed would have come to fruition because JoJo didn't make the all-star team and this would have happened before the yeah, still you know, feels still feels right though. Yeah, it, it, it was great. We we ruined um, the internet. So yeah. Um, one final thing yep. about this whole thing, and then we can talk about we can get back to the draft. Second round pick. Um, John Gonzalez obviously said the name many times. Yeah. He said the name. He even commented on on how how much we would like people to say the name. There is a the there is a big piece on the ringer. By the way, this the the headline of it was our lottery party slogan, by the way. Uh, the process is dead, long live the process. But there's a thing about when the process ends, and we are heavily featured in it, and he says the name a lot. So I just wanted to... So go read the piece. We give you know, we give our, our thumbs up, mostly because we're mentioned in it. But also and there's also an incredible, leading off, an incredible hinky anecdote that yeah. John's told me before that I just love. So read the beginning of that yeah. also. Yep. Um, John said the name. Uh, David Roth for Vice said the name. Yep. A lot of people not saying the name. Yeah. USA. A lot of people, a lot of people, Sixers fans gathering. Bleacher Report didn't say the name. A lot of people, Sixers fans tweeted using the hashtag Reacher Armageddon. I, I just, I, I just don't know what it's going to take. How did, how do they get how do they get away with this? If if you if someone breaks a story, if Woj breaks a story, you say, "Hey, Woj is reporting this thing." You're not just saying you, Bleacher Report's not just saying uh, a reporter, a media reporter, national media man said, "You you name the thing. It's not random." Well, can I ask you this? What's the matter with everyone? Can I ask you this? I I am fine with us. Look, I would love if we're in the headline. I am fine with Sixers fans, yada yada yada, in the headline, and then yeah. in in it in the I don't it doesn't even have to be in the first graph. In the first two graphs, we have to be mentioned by name. The Rice yeah. Ricky Sanchez. I'm, I, say, I'm not talking headline. Yeah, it's just it is. I love it. Because it allows us to be mad and feel slighted, which mm-hmm. is our favorite feeling. Yep. But I'm I am truly baffled that it continues to happen. Uh, even SB Nation, a fucking site. SB Nation for, didn't do it. I didn't see the thing on SB Nation for almost ten years. They supported, yeah, Sixers fans doing the thing. Guys, what the fuck? Say the it's name. It's remarkable. Say the name. Say. Uh, I I'm reading about this. I, I'm reading about this thing on news site of sports. I'm just not gonna. We're not gonna use any proper nouns anymore. If you don't say our name, we don't say your name. That's right. There you go. Nonsense. Okay. Anyway, let's okay. talk about our sponsor a, a, and then the draft. Before, oh. before we get to before we get to specifics of the second round, I would like to a uh, hypothetical to you, or at least okay. a, a semantic discussion, okay. which is what everybody tunes in for. The language of trading up versus trading down or the picks, a higher pick or a lower pick, I think we need to all come to a consensus. Uh, yeah, about, about whether the first pick is higher than the third pick or lower. I think yes. it's pretty easily higher. Yes, I would agree because when you say, hey, the Sixers traded up, it means they traded up to get to, to number one. So then... Thus, that pick is higher. So we have to think of the board as a 1 at the top and a 30 at the bottom. And even though 30 is a higher number than 1, that would be lower. 30 is lower than 1. So I think everybody needs to just come to a consensus about that because there's a weird discussion every time that there's like a trading up, trading down, something to it. Would you agree? Yeah, I think we have to – I think we – I agree that we have to come to a consensus. And, but I think – I don't think it's an option. I, I think people use both, but I think if you go from three to one, you're trading up. Yes. Thus, it's higher. It's yes. a higher pick. One is a higher pick than three. Yes. I, I would say so. Okay. 
Somebody tell everybody. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll get right on that. Good. All right. Before we talk about the rest of the draft. Um, oh, and, and I don't know if I'm going to have time to talk about Porzingis and all that stuff. They're not trading for Porzingis. I love being involved, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I don't even want to talk about trading. Well, there's one quick thing I want to get into after the. All right. The sponsor of the Race Ricky Sanchez podcast is and forever is the uh, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. <laughs> is and forever is. Yeah, we think. And maybe until he's not. Uh, Lee Pavorsky is a um, a wonderful man. In fact, the first person I just got an email from uh, from a listener, a great dude named Walt, and Walt was the first ever rights to Ricky Sanchez listener to buy an engagement ring from LL, and he's actually getting married in I think a month or two, and went to pick up his wedding band from LL. His wedding band's from LL, and now we're up to forty three. I think rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners who have bought their engagement rings from LL and one given away. Look, he is a uh, he's the best. He is literally the best guy. He is going to summer league this year. Our the sponsor, who is a jeweler, is going to summer league. Probably going to be dressed to the nines the entire time, but going to summer league. He's going to hook you up with a great ring at a great rights to Ricky Sanchez listener price. But most of all, he is going to hold your hand in a good, uh, affectionate, and supportive way the entire time. He's not going to let you feel like there's any pressure or that you're getting ripped off or any of those things. He treats all of our listeners with the utmost respect, and that's why we love him. And it doesn't matter what you're spending. You can get an engagement ring for anything, and he will find the ring for you. Before you go over there for the ring, make an appointment with Mr. Lee. Uh, call the shop at 215-627-2252. Email him at llpavorsky.com or tweet at him at llpavorsky. Make sure you tell him you're a Rights to Ricky Sanchez listener. He will take extra good care of you. And for every podcast, LL makes a very generous donation to the Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. If you say the name, you get to name your price. <laughs> Is that true? That's a new deal. Wow. <laughs> new deal just by me. Okay. Uh, just one quick thing uh, before we get to the draft, and I have about 15 minutes that we can do on the second round, and then I got to get out of the studio, is I, I don't want to trade Ben Simmons for Chris Epps Porzingis. I don't want to do that. I, I like how our lineup has settled itself. But yeah. I am amazed at the how triggered everyone seems at the notion of trade, of that trade. Like, well, I think it's about our guys, right? I think that's really what it is. Yeah. It boils down to like these have become our guys. And while we'll add like on the fringes if it's like a free agent, JJ Reddick, KCP, those kinds of things, like we have now a strong affinity for our guys and I want to win it with our guys. And I see how other people would also. Like it, I would feel weird as much as like obviously if LeBron James wanted to play for the Sixers. I would welcome him with open arms. I would still just feel weird about like, hey, yeah, LeBron, come on in. Simmons, get get out of here. And right. then it becomes like a weird, like, he's not ours. Like, he's so clearly not. Like, these are, I feel like a kinship, a familial thing with these guys. And Porzingis right now, and, and that would change, I'm sure, as soon as it happens because Markel Fultz is, you know, my brother now. Right. He wasn't as right. of four days ago. Uh, but... Uh, I, right now, Porzingis is like so clearly a Nick, and yeah. I could I I I I also feel a little bit like skeeved out by that idea, even though really he's a little. I guess I could go both ways. It's not gonna happen. I don't I don't even want it to happen. I don't think he's as good of even as good of a fit. I don't want him playing the perimeter. Um, Simmons, but, you can't put on the perimeter more. But I, I think um, people don't understand that he's actually good. I just I'm I'm very shocked at like yeah. how people are denying that he's good and are so sure that Simmons is better. I'm just I'm I'm really I guess I don't know. It's a I think it's certainly a discussion. Absolutely. Um I think fit wise we're in a maybe a better place. Yeah, I would where agree. We are. Yeah. And I also think like if they're on the same level, if they're on the same tier, then heavy favorite goes to the guy that we have. Like, yeah. if if the argument is like Chris Paul versus TJ, well, that's a bad example. Okay, if the right. argument is Chris Paul versus Jared Bayless, 
then of course Chris Paul. But if it's if it's guys in the same tier, I'd still defer. I'd still like go for the guy that we have already. Okay. Um, second round. I I no before that. Okay. I had, I had a thought. Okay. Um, because they're gonna trade. I think I think tomorrow might be the Julia Logo for trade. I oh. think it's happening. Oh, I really hope so. Um, would you trade? I, I was just I was just poking around on trade machine last yes. night, and this trade works. Yep. This trade works. I would. Um, the Clippers might need to open up some cap space. Okay. Um, would you trade Jaleel Okafor? Yes. For Jamal Crawford. Oh. And 2018 swap rights. Yes. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. it would, also, it, Crawford's from Seattle and Fultz played in UW. So I like that. And, uh, He'd be just a fine, like, older older gunner. I'm fine with it. Yeah, he's also be fine a great guy. And doesn't he? How many years does he have left? Two years. Two after the yeah, two 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 years now that the season's over. Yes. Okay. And I just I really any trade that the Sixers make tomorrow, I I need a swap. I need a swap. I need a swap rights. I, I really. I've gotten going. so used to having swaps. You know. Yeah. Any in 2022, whatever. I don't care. Give me some swaps. Need it bad. That's right. how I feel. Second round. Um, I don't know. How do we do this? Um, I can tell you the guys that you I You tell me at. some guys. You you go in order and tell me some guys that you like. Okay. Uh, I sent you my yep. not I sent you my list ish of things, sort of just like in a collection of names. Well here's um, here's a couple of guys. Just wanna get this out because they were on my original billboard uh, big board, but I just want to get them out of the way. I don't think Josh Hart's gonna last until the second round, but I would love to have him on the Sixers. And uh, this uh, Jawan Evans, uh, Jawan, it's J-A-W-U-N though. Yeah. Jawan Evans, is that how I'm saying? Yeah. I think he's awesome. And I would love to have him. And it seems like he's borderline second round, right? Yeah. All right. Um, uh, okay, here are the guys I liked. Um, Cameron Oliver, I wrote, uh, they should take yeah. him, but I wish he was 6'10". Well, his wingspan is seven, like over seven one. Yeah. So I I tweeted this yesterday that once Julia Logofer is gone, uh, providing they don't get a guy, a big guy back it for him, the Sixers front court all of a sudden becomes pretty thin. Um, it's just Embiid and Rashawn, and I think that you have to have a little bit more insurance than that. I'm sure that they will try Simmons at center on occasion, but I don't think you want that regularly. He's just not a rim protector. Um, Cameron Oliver has the size to defend centers and is crazy athletic and has a very good three point shot. And he's so I would, and he's a good shot blocker as well. So I would absolutely draft Cameron Oliver and just have him be like him and Rashawn as our like athletic shot blocky, shooty bench bigs. I'm sorry. Um, well then, okay. I liked him. I also liked. Well, I'll go just through what I said with these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Derek White. I wrote good shooter, not fast enough. Reminds me of Denzel Valentine. Yeah, there's a little Denzel Valentine. Derek, Derek White is is old. He only played one year at Colorado. He's I think he's 23 at this point. Okay. Um, but late bloomer. Uh, had some weird college stuff. Uh, not no like scandals or anything, but uh is he's super smooth and is a good shooter good passer uh he'd be great but not but not crazy athletic for sure lj peak i wrote can't dribble can't shoot nba body seems like we'd have to wait too long for him to be good lj peak is a guy that i i like that most people are saying would be late second maybe even undrafted but i i like him i think he i think he was on a really bad georgetown team uh and was forced to be the guy and I think that he has enough skill to uh, to be a two a, to be a legit three and D guy now that he's in the role. But it's tough. It's tough to like draft guys like Sterling Brown is a guy that is that played the three and D role at in college at SMU. But then other guys like you know Dev Robinson or Justin Jackson were more like featured players and would have to settle into a uh, a three and D role as a role player in the NBA. So it's like I. It's hard to decide, or I don't know. I wonder how often it happens that like, what's it? What's an easier path to get one of those guys? 
Uh, all right, next guy I wrote down, Zach Collins. Kind of like him, dumb face, sort of wonder if he's a zeller. Sure. He's, he's, he's more of a two-way player. I mean, okay. Cody Zeller is a decent, a decent yeah. player. Uh, or maybe but a Plumlee. I, I think Zach Collins is going to go too high for us to, us okay. to get, get after. Uh, Monty Morris. Really like him. Seems like he's an actual point guard. We wouldn't need him with TJ around. So I, yeah. he seems uh, redundant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is just what I wrote down. Uh, Devon Reed can shoot. I wish he was 6'7". I feel like 6'5 is a weird height. <laughs> Great. I don't know. Devon, uh, Devon Reed was at Miami. Yeah. Another 3, three and D type. But, that, but uh, okay, here's my thing, though. I feel like 3 guy. and D guys have to be taller than 6'5". They have to be 6'7". I think his wingspan is quite long. Let me check. Yeah, but you still have to be taller. I, I don't totally buy wingspan all the time. What? I, I, I get it. I understand, but I don't think it makes up for you not being taller. Why? I don't know. How, how many people are how many people are catching passes with their head? I don't know. It's just it's a thing to me. It's just a thing to me. All right. He's seven foot wings. Seven foot wingspan. Okay, but he's only six five. All right. Oh God, Spike. Okay. Og. Dylan Brooks. I wrote. Looks like he slapped the hardwood, but also looks like he's just a college player. Okay, that's fair. Dylan Brooks, Oregon. Yeah. Uh He is. He's taller, but with a short a shortish wingspan. Yeah. Um. Can, can get to the basket, can draw fouls, works on defense, um, decent shooter, not great shot selection, more more of the more of an offensive version of a three and D guy. I like him. Terrence Ferguson, I wrote like him. Seems like maybe he's Danny Green. Uh, I mean, closer to Gerald Green than Danny Green. Oh well, like, that's a good thing for me. I know I like him, but like yeah. doesn't really have any. Oh, has okay. all the tools in the world, but like no. No skills. No skills or IQ yet. Yeah. Tyler Dorsey gets buckets, but also seems like he's just a college player. Might be. Yeah. Oregon and, guard. Uh, sort of a a, 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 light, a Malik Monk light. And then I wrote, Jonah Bolden has a dumb face. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, that, that's the kind of analysis that people come here for. Yeah. And th- that was where I, I stopped. So okay, I got up an extra. So who, who, who do you like out of there? Who's who's like second round targets that you'd like? All right, this is my favorite. I mean, there's other guys too that you didn't okay. mention. Okay, yeah, here are the guys I I think I like the most. I like um, I Cause like because the Sixers seem like Colangelo said like we're going to use all four of our second yeah. round picks. They can't they can't just sell their second round picks right uh, because they already got too much money in trades this year, so like they're like capped out. Of, of just receiving money from trades. Um, so odds are they will be packaging two or three of those second round picks to move up into the uh, into the into the 20s, I would guess. Okay. Um, well, aside from the guys I've already mentioned in Juwan Evans and Josh Hart, I would say the new guys I like the most are I like Cameron Oliver and yeah. um, I like Monty Morris, and I liked um, I like Terrence Ferguson. And even though I think he's maybe just a college guard, I like Dylan Brooks because it looks like he would slap the hardwood. Okay, that's great. Um, a guy I like more now that we have uh, another creator at the point guard is Devin Robinson. He's 22 and still very raw, but like crazy athletic, great body, should be able to defend three or four positions. Um, I didn't, I, I generally don't love, I think I said this before, um, older guys who still are raw. It's sort of like, yeah. well, how, how much longer do you need to develop? You're already, you, yeah. I think he came out after his junior year. You're 22, uh, learn how to play basketball already. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, but now that we have the luxury of like, three two-way studs um, i'm okay being a little bit more patient and seeing like hey that's a really good package let's see if it, it can add up to something um who else it's exciting man i love cam oliver i've always loved cam oliver we are way uh, too much on the same page this year i, I feel know. i feel like we're like women who spend a lot of time together and they're 
menstrual cycles end up syncing up. I think we've been doing this podcast long enough to where our takes have gotten too similar almost. A little. A little. <laughs> this year it's has been pretty like close. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd also... So so the la- I think we talked about this with Derek. OG Ananobi keeps dropping in, in oh, yeah. mock drafts, and I would absolutely go up and get him and just be like, hey, here's another guy who can just defend fucking anywhere. Um, you didn't look up Sindarius Thornwell. I like him a lot. Um, another defense first, but can also get a bucket. Should should be able to shoot off the catch. Um, I really like Frank Jackson, Frank Jackson on Duke. One of those guys that sort of got forgotten about and left because Duke has too much talent coming in, but he's really athletic and he can really shoot. So I think that he would be a guy that if you can if you can put him in the D League G League for a little bit, that that could benefit down the road. And then in terms of big guys, I really love Jordan Bell. I would I think he's a fucking man. Uh, block shots, rebounds, runs in transition. I still think we need. I I want to come out of this draft with a real deal athlete yeah. like a Tokido esque guy who can just jump out of the gym and like D up whatever um, because I want someone you know TLC is very smooth and Fultz is smooth and Simmons is athletic in his own way and Embiid hopefully gets get some of his um, get some of his bounciness back maybe he won't ever but uh, I want somebody that can just like rise up and and cram on everybody some like Jeremy Grant-esque kind of things to, f- to fill a lane on the wing so those are guys I'm looking at um, it's gonna be fun, man. It is a it's gonna be a fun draft. Uh, just waiting to see the Sixers move up a little bit, see what other teams do. Now we we're caring about the Lakers still. We're caring about the Kings. Uh, it's been a wild week of even well, not not for Sixers stuff. And uh, if you are if you are new to this, understand that the off season is our sweet spot. I mean, that is when we are really the best. So get ready for some podcasts with theoretical physicists and right. and all that kind of stuff. So Everybody. The, is, uh, the D'Angelo Russell trade, do you want to talk about that for two seconds? Yeah, I have uh, about four minutes. Um, okay. I enjoy- he, he out, Okafor outlasted D'Angelo Russell. That's what Rich Hoffman tweeted, and I, it's hard to believe. It's unreal. And here's the, the other funny thing is, um, what was I going to say? Uh I love that the Lakers are preparing for they're clearing cap space for LeBron for like the fifth consecutive year. Um, yeah. Once again, clearing cap space for LeBron. I really hope LeBron doesn't go there because um, I think it would be funny because the Lakers fans are convinced of it now, even though I think he probably will. Somebody told me a story. Let me put it this way. I don't know if all, all Lakers fans are convinced by it. I think the 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 the, the, take, the takey Lakers fans, the, the bland ones. I think the, the Lakers writers I've seen on Twitter are not like somebody. Bang. Somebody told me a story that led me to believe that he's actually going there. Um, really? Yeah, I'll tell you the story off pod, but but led me to believe. Lake, Lakers, not Clippers. Lakers, not Clippers. Yeah. Because I could see him. I, I just... They, they I, got, t- I got Alyssa. If she's listening, if she's listened to this podcast, Alyssa will have stopped by now. Um, so I can say that we get into many Lakers arguments. Uh-huh. Me and Alyssa. Uh, I don't purport myself well. I get I get overly mad about it, and that that's on me. Um, but I just it'd be so unfair if Paul George just goes to the Lakers because they're the Lakers and he's from there. They have done nothing to deserve it. There are 30 teams in the NBA. Some of them are very well run and not in like exotic places where you can promote your brand so much. I say this as a guy that lives in L.A. Go to fucking Utah. Even go to Milwaukee. There's plenty of places. San Antonio, Houston. A lot of good organizations and a lot of good places. Don't just come to L.A. because Magic Johnson and Purple and Gold and all that bullshit. Go to good organizations. Reward good organizations. Come on. Pisses me off. Anyway, uh, I'd, I'd be mad if LeBron or Paul George just came here. I don't. Make me- I don't think. Um, I, I've never been a D'Angelo Russell guy, but I do like the Sean Marks trade. I, I do like the. He is sort of the until there's a hinky. He's like the new hinky. I think it's. When you don't have high draft picks, you have to take shots like that, and I thought it was a smart yeah. shot to take. I, I would you, would you take on Luol Deng for Larry Nance? No, 
Oh no? God, no. I like Larynance. Luol Deng's contract is awful. Yeah. And Larynance is a backup big guy. Yeah. No. 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 You know, I'm noticing. I don't think. I want them to suffer through that contract. I mean, they got they got out from under Mozgov, but like, what an awful signing that was. You had to trade your second overall pick that you claim is your future still. Yeah. Just to get out from under him. Just terrible. Less than a year after you signed him, you trade one of the best point guard prospects in the last five years. Just terrible. Gonzo didn't, terrible. didn't terrible link team. to our podcast. What? Somebody at the ringer should link to our podcast. That's all I'm saying. There's no it's good that you're, you're focusing on the conversation. I'm again. listening to you. This is 2017. <laughs> you're a millennial. You should understand. I'm doing like nine sure. things at once. I'm Snapchatting and, you know, Pinteresting, all that shit. All, all at once. I bet. All right. Okay. Uh, so, so I feel good. Yeah, me too. I'm feeling good. All right. I feel, I feel spiteful in all the right ways. You, you never know. Be good. What did you say? Tomorrow night we might be able to end this podcast the right way for the first time in a long time. So That is exciting. All right, I, I gotta go. Um, Iron right, Man. All right, uh, you're my favorite takesman. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged seven to seven Walnut in Philly. Always at llpavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Not quite. So close. All right, talk to you tomorrow. See you, pal. See you, man. Hit when they go boom.